The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Amazon a bright spot in tech earnings, giving investors what they wanted, but some major questions remain in the quarters ahead. The three that Amazon needs to answer. It's Friday, October 27th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa. And I'm Mark Gilbert. Today, our story, Amazon earnings. D, an interesting quarter and a lot to dive into. I think first, what people were focused on, cloud. Cloud growth was good, and that's really issue number one. It was, I don't know if I'd use the word good. It was okay. 12% this quarter, 12% last <laughs> <Fine>. quarter. <laughs> but it's really important because this is what pays for everything else at Amazon. So actually, quick note on that operating margin for the cloud business, more than 30%. That was a big uptick. But it's also, of course, cloud is where they're focusing all of their generative AI efforts. So I would also argue there was a little bit of mixed messaging. The CEO, Andy Jassy, he did provide some hope on the analyst call. He said that more deals are being signed, and you're going to see that in the current quarter. But and he I even, I mean, he even provided some timing specificity. He said they'd exactly. signed some deals in September that were actually going to show up in October because that's when they would take effect. So he said that there's some really big deals coming down the pipeline. So I guess that might imply that growth has bottomed out. But then I go back to what Amazon's CFO Brian Olsowski said to me right after the earnings came out. I have a media call every quarter with the CFO. And I knew what my question was going to be this quarter. I knew that it was all about cloud. So I asked him very, very directly, could you call a bottom in that growth? And he said he couldn't. Let me give the exact, exact words. He said, I wouldn't characterize it like that. He said, we're in a delicate situation. We have cost optimization work that is starting to slow down. There are still companies that are joining that effort. Mark, let's take a moment to break down what the heck cost optimization means, because I enjoyed that our colleague, David Faber, <laughs> had a little rant about this right. um, on CNBC earlier today. He said that's their language. So in put, into, term, put it into English, right? Exactly. In English, cost, cost optimization work means their customers are trying to save money in the cloud, <laughs> put simply. And that affects, you know, the bottom line and the top line for AWS. Yeah, it hurts, it hurts their margin. And I mean, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it hurts their revenue. Yeah, but he said very distinctly, I wouldn't characterize it like that. It's possible that I kind of caught him off guard by asking him to call a bottom. But when I reported this on TV, Amazon shares, they went immediately negative. Um, but then after Andy Jassy came on and provided some optimism, they came back up and actually went much higher in the after hours. So I don't know that this question is answered. I don't know that we can say, and maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe investors are okay with a gray, gray clouds instead of blue clouds. That's how one columnist put it today in AWS. Um, that 12% last quarter, 12% growth this quarter, that's fine. It means that AWS is okay. It's not as good as Microsoft, though, I will say that. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. And, and just to sort of highlight this issue, you know, nowhere on the conference calls, hour-long conference call, did they say that growth was, they didn't use that word reacceleration. Right, the word exactly. that, that that so many people picked up on was that the um, the the cost optimization and the sort of slowdown was attenuating, 
which everyone, you know, they use six times uh, on the call and all these analysts. <laughs> yeah, SAT word. What is attenuating? Explain um, what that means. Oh my God. I uh well, this we, is how I interpreted glimmer of hope. And so that's right. what I'll say. There was there was hope. The, I mean, the the TMT uh, desk at Wells Fargo actually published at the top of their note the uh, the definition of attenuate, reduce the force, effect, or value of. Okay, there you go. Thank Reducing you. Reducing thickness. Reducing thickness. Okay, so maybe mixed signals here, but I, I think a theme of mega cap earnings so far, if you look across some of the other companies, um, investors are going to look for what they want to look for. So at least in this case, AWS, maybe we'll put that to the side for now. And right. Unclear, but definitely it, maybe, you know, not, not getting worse. Yeah. And then um, I like Number how two. Bernstein put it. Exactly. They said three questions, right? One was AWS. Two was operating income. Let's get to operating income because I think that this was a lot clearer. Um, more than $11 billion. That's a record for Amazon. And really, this is as profitable as we've ever seen Amazon. Right. I mean, and, and that's sort of something to drive home is that, um, you know, a, a record level of profits in the quarter, $11 billion, helped by the fact it wasn't just um, high profits within um, within AWS, but there are other profitable businesses like advertising, which grew 25%, an acceleration also of uh, third-party seller services, which we've talked about, which are products that, are, that Amazon does not sell directly. They just do the the logistics throughput for so uh, they can charge merchants exactly and that that helps them that helps their profitability because they don't actually have to do that business that's just a fee that they take key that's high margin right so we think about the different businesses of amazon it's core e-commerce that's very very low margin um advertising cloud computing third-party seller services those are high margin right and that's key because as we've talked about there's this race over generative ai that's occurring within big tech, it's extremely costly. And this, these types of profits is what gives Amazon the ability to, um, to pour money into, into those efforts. Mm -hmm. And the third issue, profitability is so important. Right. And that, and the third issue, so you just talked about, they raised, right? The first issue being AWS, did it really bottom? The second issue being operating income. The third issue is competition. And that's something that could really affect profitability going forward. And Bernstein used one word to ask for this question. The word is Timu. Right. <laughs> because we've been talking about this, the Timu effect. And that's just another way of asking, what does the competitive landscape look like? Amazon has been just such the clear leader in e-commerce to the point where there's an FTC investigation over it. Right. Whether they the actually have a monopoly in the, yeah. In the exactly. And that's been changing. So Timu basically begs the question, are these Chinese e-commerce platforms that have become so popular here in America have had American consumers buying stuff for bargain basement prices? Is that actually starting to encroach on Amazon's market share? And for that, you need to look at its revenue outlook. We're heading into the blockbuster quarter, right? Did we have Black Friday, Cyber Monday, um, all the holiday shopping and the revenue outlook fell short at its midpoint. It fell short by about $3 billion. And so that kind of begs the question, is this a blip or is there something more fundamental going on here? Is competition intensifying? Right. And I think it's, it's again, why we keep going back to this was seen as such a positive quarter and the, and the stock went up, but on the call, uh, you know, Jassy is talking about CEO Andy, Andy Jassy is talking about a cautious consumer 
consumers who are trading down where they can, that could be a blip, mm -hmm. right? Or that could be the Timo effect. Right. And that is still an open question. So that's the third question that this quarter did not answer at all. It kind of just raised that question even more. Um, so if, as Jassy says, consumers are trading down, we got to look what part of the market does Timu and even Xi'an, another Chinese e-commerce company, what part of the market do they hit? They offer bargain basement prices, and it's been seen as more of a threat to the dollar stores. But if it is encroaching on Amazon's share, that's a big deal because it could hit Amazon's holy grail. That is the prime flywheel. Let's talk this through. Part of that flywheel is advertising. So if Timo is gaining share, it's taking sales away from that core e-commerce business, which serves the advertising proposition. It could also hit Amazon's newly built out logistics network. Remember, it spent billions and billions and billions of dollars over the pandemic to be able to deliver goods in one day, same day, two day, just more efficiency. So if people are willing to wait longer, take longer delivery times for cheaper products from Timu, um, that could hurt the flywheel as well. And then finally, it could give those merchants, we talked about third-party seller services, that's where this comes in. It could give merchants a potentially cheaper option in terms of those services. We've talked about that. So many of those merchants on the Amazon platform, they're Chinese. I think the other big wild card here is you mentioned Timu and you mentioned Shein. Um, but what about TikTok commerce? Oh, and thank it's still you. Why do we always a, forget this one? It's it's such a big installed base of people who have the app. And again, it's if people are looking for um, you know inexpensive, cheap goods, but they spend a lot of time on the app, does that start encroaching into, into parts of Amazon's business? Mm -hmm. um, but of course, we try these things out ourselves. So you, I, and especially Jasmine, our producer, has been... <laughs> Trying all these different Chinese low-cost e-commerce platforms out. And I mean, they just bombard you with crap. Let's call it deals. It's it's <laughs> crap. It's low quality goods that are that are very low low cost. And also it's it's deals, right? Yeah, it's it's you know, $25 off just right now if you, you know, buy in the next 10 minutes. And speaking of crap that you buy on e-commerce platforms. I have to mention, I know I've been talking about it all week, Mark, but my latest purchase from Amazon, my back posture corrector. Oh yeah. <laughs> As I sit up in my chair. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but these are like the types of things I didn't even think of checking Timu, but I bet you, you can find it for even cheaper there. But it's like these kinds of like impulse buys. I saw it on social media and then I went to go buy it on Amazon, but you could see, you know, seeing it on TikTok and then just buying it within the app without ever having to leave. It's funny. I was thinking about the category of purchase that you make because I bought shampoo last night. And of course I did it on Amazon, right? I'm not going to like TikTok commerce or Shein yeah. to buy like a consumer staple. And, you know, where I saw the back posture corrector was on Instagram, but I never buy anything on Instagram. So it does kind of tell you that, you know, the meta family of apps is missing out here, but also it could be an opportunity. It also just tells us that e-commerce is still Amazon's core. And in a quarter like this, when everyone is looking at AWS, we may have a tendency to forget that Amazon has just built this massive presence. And that is very much still an open question. So going into the current quarter, and we always want to move the story forward, watch the core. I think that's sort of our advice to the audience. And I think and overall, sort of summing up all these stories is that there are a lot of open questions, is that this was not an open and shut quarter. Uh, you know, maybe the way Microsoft was, for example, this was like a really interesting, varied quarter that that raised a lot of questions for for yeah the the current quarter, the holiday quarter. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, though, Amazon gives itself a lot of room to do things right, like that operating income guide 
was what was it between seven and $11 billion. That is just such a huge gap, but that's very typical of Amazon gives them room to splash out on maybe reshoring up e-commerce, maybe becoming more competitive here, lowering prices or put that money into generative AI. Um, so what do we have next week, Gilbert? We've got Apple. I was trying to say Apple's the big one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Apple, Apple's the big one, which is a little bit like Amazon has questions about what the actual core fundamentals of that business are going to be like, what are sales going to be like in China? What are what is going to be uptake of the new iPhone? It's going and to be really interesting. Speaking of Apple to get ready for that quarter, make sure you watch our check check weekly deep dive, we look at the China risks um, that pop up here and there. But if you watch this video, you can kind of see them all together. And it gives you context. And one of the most surprising things I learned in this week's weekly, Gilbert, is the relationship between Tim Cook and Foxconn yeah. CEO um, Terry Go goes way back. Yeah, and I learned in that as well. And so you can go, you can uh, you can watch that piece at cnbc.com/tcweekly or cnbc.com/techtech. Yep, and we'll see you next week for Apple. Have a good weekend, everyone. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.